This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network. Hey guys, and welcome back to Gilmy Talks. This is Gilmy again. How is everybody doing? I'm doing fantastic, and I hope you are too. This week's guest, I have the man of steel himself, Mike Varna, on the show. He is a wrestler I've been following since I first saw him at uh, HRT2 in, I think, 2014, 2013, and we do talk about that in the show. It was only his 10th, about his 10th match, he thinks. It was great catching up with with uh, Mike F after all this time. I've been following his career. He went from Chikara, evolved when he... I, I didn't know this, but he actually had an NXT match, which I did not know a, know about because it's a different name. And we do talk a, about that as well on, on the uh, show. And go follow his socials because he is fantastic and just fun to follow. And uh, the Philadelphia cream cheese commercial he did is amazing. You guys have to check that out. Couple things real quick before I let you go 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 to the interview guys. Go check out Bats in the Belfry Art com. One of my personal favorite artists out out there. And you can actually check out some of her work on my launch cart shop that I just I just put this up because people have been asking me for merch for a long time and I finally got it. It's Gilme Talk Talks dot launchcart dot store go check it out because it is awesome i gotta say i really enjoyed making this a store i got stickers mugs uh t-shirts hoodies even got a uh, pillow up there anything you guys you guys want with my logo on it okay zombie go me or whatever comes up because i'll just be adding more and more stuff to it my goal is to add one or two items a month for going going on from here i just gotta figure out how to categorize it and organize it and you know all that fun stuff that if you've been listening to the podcast for a while you know i'm not a techie guy <laughs> it takes me a minute minute or, or two to to check that out just want to say check out all all my boys at the oiw podcast network as well their links are in the in the description there and just going 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 to say it did a podcast with Adam Hayes from Swar Wars last night. Had a blast doing it. It was so much fun. And go follow his uh, socials, guys, because it is going to be it is going to be dropping very very soon. Prob- he he edits his shows a hell of a lot faster than 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 I do. And I just want to say thank you for to the Man of Steel himself, Mike Varna, for coming on the show. And give giving me way more time than he probably should have. But we were having fun and the time just flew by. And we also talk about podcasts and different podcasting styles. And I found that really interesting as a guy who is an... As a guy who gets interviewed a lot, I like what, what he said about pod, podcasting in, in, in the show. And I kind of will agree with him a, a little bit. You got to be different. You got to be creative. You got to... Find your audience. You gotta do your own thing, and once you find your audience, you gotta understand who they are and 
be there for them. And I got to do that, do that a little bit more. Give you guys what well, what you want, so you keep coming back to the uh, to the uh, show. But I've yabbered on enough for for an in an intro here. Lockdown is now lifted in Ontario, so we can do some things. And then a snowstorm happened. I find that so hysterical. But and to all my American listeners, please please be safe if you are in Texas or anywhere else. People who are not used to the snow, but you got to get. Uh, prepared because it's changing it's coming all right guys you have a wonderful day and i will talk to you on the back half bye guys good morning good evening good night how is everybody doing out there this is gilmy again and on the line i have mike verna the man of steel chaotic champion chaotic wrestling champion right now he is leading man handsome. He is on AEW Dark. He is a wrestler, an actor, and the man who loves to crush cheesecakes with a metal chair. You can go go see that amazing video that has like 6 million views on his uh, Twitter. Uh, go check that out because it's funny as hell. Hey, Mike, how's it how's the day going, man? Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm doing good. Thank you for staying up, too. I know that we have a little bit of a time difference. What time is it by you right now? Uh, two in the afternoon. I think we're the oh. same time oh, time, the same time zone. zone. Yeah, I'm in I'm in London, Ontario. You're in. Uh, oh, look at that. Okay. Well, so are, are we on the same? We're, we are what? We're the East Coast, <laughs> Northeast. We're good. We're good. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're good, man. We're good. Uh, had a little bit of dental work this uh, morning, so half of my face is still frozen. Like oh, they had to freeze from like the eye down, eye up because they were working on. Apparently, I got deep roots or something, and I'm like. I got an inter- I got an interview with the uh, the Man of Steel. I gotta I gotta <laughs> get my shit my gotta get my shit together here. So I gotta toughen up. I gotta toughen up. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were. Um, no, just a couple of feelings. I because of the pandemic, uh, my last three appointments got canceled or rescheduled or this and that, and I'm like, okay, this is gonna turn into a bigger situation if we don't deal with yeah. it now. Can I get in? And they're like, "Well, yeah, it's because now, now you got got to have two fillings in instead of one." I'm like, "What? When did that happen?" I'm like, "I had I had situation like that recently. I had uh, two fillings on this side, two fillings on that Ooh. side. So they had to numb one side for mm-hmm. one day, and then the next day come back and numb the other side. The, the numbing is for me is worse than the actual filling. Mm-hmm. You know, but what yep. are you gonna do? Uh, we can bitch and moan." That's because <laughs> <laughs> who likes going to the uh, dentist? Uh, I I do my meditated breathing during the thing, so I don't panic or freak out, and I just stare stare up. And they're like, "Oh, you're the most calm patient ever." No, I'm not. Just <laughs> looking at a light, thinking yep. that you're going to heaven. Or something. Oh yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Uh, my dentist <laughs> is very cool because uh, there's windows in all the rooms. And they're on the back lot, so they got uh, they have trees and all sort of nature. You can look out the uh, windows, so you got actually something to look at in, instead of right. staring, you know, staring off. Canada. Good old Canada. Oh yeah. <laughs> in New York, it looks like a prison with lights. Oh God, yeah. Oh, and uh, first sent in question question for you by by one of my listeners. Best New York pizza, because they're going there as soon as they possibly can. 
Wow, okay. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm going to give you a very, very, very vague but informative answer to that. Mm -hmm. If you go to New York, New York City, every single pizza uh, pizza, um, parlor, pizza store on the corner that says 99 cent slice, they're delicious. If you come into Brooklyn, I will tell you this. Ellen B. Spumoni Gardens on 86th Street. That is the, the the cream of the crop. It's not 86th Street, excuse me. It's uh, I think it's Stillwell Avenue. One of those avenues. Anyway, Brooklyn, New York, Ellen B. Spumoni Gardens. It's probably the best uh, best slice you'll ever have. Uh, and that's killing me because I had to actually give up dairy about two months ago. So, <laughs> well, I'm not going to suggest a vegan pizza. I'll tell you that much. Fuck that. I I would rather put goat cheese and kibasa on 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 pizza than eat that vegan that that vegan cheese. It's like yeah, uh, it just it's like a mouthful of salt. It really is. Um, I was a restaurant guy for twenty years before going to my current job, and I know a few things about their cooking. And we we you know what? Let's talk cooking. Because I see you cooking on Twitter. You're always doing something with food. And I love food. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm Italian, Justin. I'm Italian. So we have to eat. Oh, yeah. We always eat. Eating, eating is part of the life. It's part of the lifestyle. It's part of every day, uh, you know, mm-hmm. wake up. What am I eating for breakfast? What am I eating for lunch? What am I eating for dinner? Luckily, as a professional athlete, bodybuilder, quote-unquote guy, I got to eat a lot during the day to maintain size. So that makes it even more fun. So I can turn around and say, okay, what am I going to eat for breakfast one, breakfast two, lunch one, lunch two, dinner two, dinner three. Uh, so it's, it goes on an all-day thing with me. However, I will give you a little secret. My mom is the really the good cook. So whenever I'm there and I have the chance to kind of – indulge in some of those twitter pictures oh that's her cooking that's not mine <laughs> my cooking is is much much less impressive i like to just show people what i'm eating um but the funny thing that you did mention that i did cook because i had no choice it was part of the job was that philadelphia cream cheese cheesecake Ooh. which i did do that commercial back in may um it did have a lot of views thank god to the wrestling community because you know it, it's crazy wrestling community is so tight-knit that if one of their guys does something, the whole community comes in and watches it. That video had 7 million views on Twitter and I think 5 million views on YouTube. So it really did good. And if you compared it, I compared it at least because I'm a mark for myself. Why not? Yeah. Um, I looked at the other YouTube uh, commercials from the Philadelphia campaign for that whole uh, cheesecake thing that they did. They, they filmed eight commercials um, during that run. And mine crushed in regards to the views, crush the rest of them. And that really is a testament to the wrestling community. I can't, it has nothing to do with my acting ability. That has nothing to do with the commercial. Well, it has a lot to do with the commercial, but it has to do with the wrestling community, in my opinion. I think the wrestling community is so loyal to their own that they just come into flocks and they just watch these things. Um, but that I did cook, and it was pretty damn tasty. Awesome, man. Because <laughs> cheesecake is one of my favorite things. And then I, I, like I've I've been called following your career I think since 2014 when I first met you way back way back when, and that show, um, you off, that show must have been uh, my maybe my tenth pro wrestling event in my career at that particular point. It was that early in my career, so we can go back a little bit. Oh yeah, and the show we are mentioning to it is uh, kind of a dark spot on my hometown because no the guy fucking fakes a heart attack doesn't pay pay the boys runs out in and then Colin Delaney runs out in the middle of a death match uh start and I thought at first it was 
part of the show. And then uh, Zach Gowan and Gregory Iron and basically the locker room empties. And it's like, oh, fuck, I think this is real. And, like, it got a little crazy, a little hectic. I don't know how, how the wrestlers got the guy's home uh, home 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 address at all, but um, <laughs> just saying, um, not gonna not gonna go in into who or who went looking or or what happened after because I really don't know. But that was oh, and the ring was there for like a week and a half after. I could imagine. I was actually going to ask you because we left, you know, shortly after, you know, everyone got us the rooms and we were all settled yep. in and all that stuff. Um, we left pretty much shortly after that. I, I always wonder whatever happened to Mark. I do remember his name was Mark. No pun intended. Look at that. Uh, Mark, his name was Mark. Mark Anderson. <laughs> it's crazy. If you look back at that show, mm-hmm. uh, you had people like, you know, Rhino was on that show. Yep. Devon Dudley was on that show. Um, who else was on that show? I mean, it was, oh, it was God. I mean, yeah, Chavo was on that show, yeah. I remember. Yep, Chavo, uh, I know. Uh, was Too Cold, Too Cold Scorpio think, on there? I think he was. I think yeah. he was. It uh, just, I do know, you know it was an ECW yeah. type show. And there was Necro, uh, Necro Butcher, Lufisto, uh, all the on the on Ontario guys. And yeah. just like Warhead and fuck i got a i like Alan gregory iron i mean yep. the list really goes on with that but then masada you know, uh, yeah <laughs> thinking he's like yo this guy didn't have the balls to not pay any of them like forget about the, the like i said that was my 10th match i mean he probably yeah. didn't know who, i got booked because the sat yep you know I, 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 that's how i got booked on that show um because i wasn't i wasn't nobody at that particular point and um you know i understand look if you don't if you if you want to pay these guys nothing because they're here for the experience that's one thing but to not pay build top build talent you know and thinking you can get away with it that was funny i just remember i remember backstage you know chavo actually is the one who held uh, held court at that particular moment he we were backstage and he got up in front of everybody and he was like look here's the deal regardless of what you're being told here's what's actually happening um we we're not really sure how we're gonna do this but we got to do this and we basically said we're gonna figure out how to get this done and unfortunately before anything can be done Mark was uh, on his way to the hospital, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Mark was Mark. Uh- <laughs> like, and even I've, uh, I've through through the podcast, I put on one charity wrestling show about a year and a half ago. Friend of mine, friend of mine, kids had had uh, he had brain he had brain cancer. He beat it. Wonderful, wonderful story. And so I put on one charity show, and because I was at HRT. Everybody who was getting getting paid on that show got paid the moment they walked in because London kind of has a kind of has a black mark right now or since then. But it's been a while. It's oh been yeah. a while. So it's a shame that there is a black mark on it, but mm-hmm. I understand. Let's put it that way. Oh yeah, but uh, Smash Wrestling has started coming back back to London, putting on shows three to four hundred people, and this was before everything got shut down and. And now we can no longer have a have a fun. No, and is it still is it still really bad by you guys too? Yeah, it's still. Uh, we are currently in our second lockdown. I think uh, for another week. The kids went back to school on Monday, but there are like double masking, social yeah. distancing, recesses at separate times. You washroom breaks are set up at times for classrooms. Mm, so so it's like holding- 
holding your pee regardless, no matter yeah. how young you are. Yeah, uh, it's good. The kindergarten classes have their own bathrooms on in con- or connected, but it is a uh, a little bit crazy. Um, I I do work at, and the shit I have seen in the past year is just fucking crazy, man. Just like you get some extremes, like people walking in hazmat suits to. People yelling at us for wearing, making you wear masks when it's a city of city of London bylaw. Yeah, I I I I don't care about your personal opinion or feelings. It's the law. I'm at work. I have to follow it. That's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Like I understand, I had it oh, yeah. back in July. Thank Ooh. God, I was pretty asymptomatic for the most part. I yep. did have a little bit. Of, I had a little bit of fatigue. Don't get me wrong. I did lose my taste for a day. And my entire family got it as well. And, you know, obviously elderly parents, you know, but they mm-hmm. had pretty much low symptoms as well, thank God. So we all are antibodied up now. But, oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a real thing. It's always been a real thing. It's just a matter of, you know, everyone's symptoms vary. Um, but you always want to look out for the other people that are around you. Like I said, I got lucky that my parents got it and they didn't really get, get it bad. Um, but that can be different for other people. So, you know, regardless of how I feel about this specific situation, I hate wearing a mask. But if I'm oh, in yeah. public, I'm wearing a mask. Yep. I'm wearing a mask. You know, it is what it is. And it's just, it's been crazy. Like back here in New York, I mean, people are remote learning. You know, no one's going to school. So oh, yeah. you don't have anyone in school. Um, you have everyone kind of doing what we're doing right now. I don't know if, you know, how they're necessarily learning um, because it's not easy to do it um, mm-hmm. through Zoom. And, and, and what sucks really more than anything is, in regards to schools at least, is it's taking away the experience the kids will have that they'll never get back. Like, you know, one of my side jobs, well, a passion job of mine. I did this job because I get paid for it. Yeah. Is I'm a college baseball coach. Awesome. Um, and last year our season got canceled, and two days ago we found out this season got canceled. Now, as a pro athlete myself, I look at these kids who are trying their hardest to get to the highest level of mm-hmm. baseball, the highest level of sport, and losing these two years because of this. Those are years they cannot get back. Oh, yeah. I don't care if they turn around and, and the school says, yeah, you, you're going to have your academic uh, years back and your, your playing years back. You'll be eligible. Yeah, well, guess what? You know, a 23-year-old doesn't want to be an eligible sophomore anymore. You know, mm-hmm. they want to they move on with life and get a job. And, and if, they, if baseball dreams didn't work out, at least they can kind of move on to the next thing. But that's not really going to happen. And it sucks because I feel like a lot of this stuff, you know, we, we can a lot of stuff can be done safely. But at the same time, safety is first. Um, but the saddest thing about this is, is that the experience that people are missing out on. Oh yeah, they're never get that back. Like uh, my son, uh, my my oldest this year went into grade nine. Right, wow. high school Freshman. is a huge part of your life. That's where you find out who you are as a human Freshman. being. Yeah, and like. I still talk to my high school friends. I'm 40 years old, and I'm still talking to these guys I've known for 25 years. Same here. That's my friend group. I'm, I'm going to be 30. I'm in the same situation. It's been about 10 years now since high school, and that's my crew. Those are my yeah. go-tos. And also, those are, are the guys you know. If you call them at, at, at 2 a.m. and say, hey, uh, can you come over with a, a shovel? Uh, those are the yeah. guys who are gonna going to be there. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yep. Another question that was sent in. How was it wrestling Billy Gunn on and the Gun Club on, on, on AEW? You got somebody who is an absolute wrestling legend who is still active and can still really go. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Um, well, the best thing about that is, is that I have an incredibly personal and very close uh, friendship with uh, Billy Gunn. So we go back a couple of years now, um, and uh, you know, we I, I, we just clicked when we met. We met about three, four years ago, and we, like I said, we really just clicked. And we've been friends ever since. And when I first got to AEW, I had my match against Pretty Peter Avalon, which was the singles. And then the next day, um, when we taped the, the other dark matches, um, I saw that I was working Billy. And I was like, oh, man, this is this is awesome. So I've worked Billy before, and I've tagged with Billy. Um, but this is my first time working Colton and Austin. And Austin has only been working for maybe a year. And Colton has only been working for maybe six months. Um, so it just shows you, yeah, yeah, wow is right. He's only been working six months? Holy shit. Just about six months. And it just shows you how talented Billy is as not only a dad, but as their personal trainer when it comes to in-ring, because he's able to teach these guys how to be TV stars and really good workers in such a short period of time. You know, it's not made. This business is obviously, as you can imagine, not made for everybody, and it, uh, people don't pick up on it really quick. Um, but the fact that those two have picked it up that quick—I mean, I wish that we can work a match with some length. You know, we had one match that went went like eleven minutes or so. We had some nice timing with it, but I'm talking about something that you might see on a dynamite or something you might see on the indies that'll go, you know, twenty-five minutes. Because I think those that whole trio is Billy could still go too. Um, but the two, you know, Austin and Colton, they can go. And I think it would be a lot of fun to really see them go get pushed to their limit. Um, and I'm lo- I look forward to getting with them again. Oh, yeah. And I was just, I, my mind is blown because I, I don't know how long those guys have been working or training. or And to be on AEW TV, a national product. And yeah. yes, Dark is on YouTube, but come on now. Who doesn't have YouTube on their phone or the TV or their Amazon Prime stick or whatever the hell is going on now? It's everywhere. Yeah. Just to have something like like that after six months would be mind, mind-blowing for anybody in any profession. Like, you've been wrestling for eight years, and I I know you've been in, involved in Chikara. Yeah, I, I think Chikara. Yeah. For, yeah, it's 2016, I believe. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I do research and I take notes. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you mean uh, well prepared podcasters? What you say? Oh wow! They oh exist. yeah, <laughs> I take I I take my thing seriously because we all have heard heard that 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 one podcaster who doesn't edit his shit and being like, oh, what the hell? I can't read my own handwriting. What the? Oh god. And those guys, I normally help out for some reason. I I have no idea. I just like helping, helping uh, people. But and I when I was kind of kind of doing research, aka stalking your uh, uh, socials. What what was the formal social media for WWE? What was that? Uh, the form. Uh, Sorry, uh, the social media for for oh, WWE. I, I used to intern for WWE. I was a social media intern for WWE. Oh, okay. Back in, before I was a wrestler. Before okay. I was a wrestler. So yeah. I'm surprised that father is still active. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is it? Twitter? It's uh, Twitter, right? Is it still the old WWE Scratch logo? Uh, no, it wasn't on uh, Twitter. It was just me uh, digging, right? So. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, used to be a social, I used to work for uh, WWE. I used to work, well, not work. I used to intern for WWE. Way yep. before I was a wrestler. Oh, yeah. Funny how it all 
Oh yeah, it just and I'm I'm just like I'm pretty sure he's never been on like 205 Live or any dark matches there. I'm... Well, I did, I did do an NXT match. Oh, you I did? did an, yeah, I did. I did an NXT match with uh, Jackson Riker back oh, in 2018. Okay. So yeah, that might, that might have popped up there too. But they named me Mitch Taverna. They used my real last name, but changed my name to Mitch, um, which is interesting. You know, I've always I've always like questioned that with WWE. I understand that. <clears throat> They want to, you know, brand it themselves, and I understand that as a product. But if a guy like Kevin Steen is incredibly over on the indies, and then he goes there and they change his name, I get it. It's probably no big deal, but it's Kevin Steen. I mean, he yeah. is still Kevin Steen. You know, like, we don't need to change his last name. I understand it's become its own brand and its own entity, and I hope, I'm sure it worked out for him uh, financially, so it's all good. But, oh, yeah. you know, to me, like, you know, if I have, you know, this many followers on Twitter and Instagram and I have this fan base here, like, why not just use my name even if you're going to squash me? It doesn't matter, you know? <laughs> That's oh, my yeah. opinion, bud. Yeah, just um, with the whole Kevin Steen thing, he's still selling Kevin Steen merch on him, sure. pro wrestling tees, like the Steen Kill, yeah. Steen, Kill, Steen Kill. He can still sell those, so he's getting money from the Kevin Steen name. And then Kevin Owens, which is an awesome, awesome story how he figured that that name out. Uh, Owen Hart and also his son are both named Owen. So There you go. Yeah, which is uh, freaking cool, man. But And so maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. I, I'm sure now he's settled into it. Like if I oh, yeah. if I got to a point where let's say we'll use AEW for an example because yep. that's where I've been working at the moment. Um, if they turn around and they say, okay, we want to change your name to this, that, and the other thing. Like me, I always want my name to be Mike. I, I always, you know, if, if someone turned around and said, yeah, we got to name you Mitch. What am I going to do? At the end of the day, I got to swallow my pride and do it. But I always wanted to be called Mike because that's my name. I just feel like it's more. Natural. I think wrestling, the more natural wrestling is, the more realistic wrestling is, the better it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's more realistic than being called your actual name? You can actually invest in it because it's your name. Um, but, it, you know, it's, if they were to change it, yeah, I mean, I guess I'd go with it. But I always wanted my name to be Mike, you know? I just felt like that's the way to go. It's your brand. Oh, yeah. And one Mike is one one of those names that, Mike has a certain look, and you are definitely a Mike. <laughs> you know, it's weird. There's not many Mikes in wrestling. Who is it? Mike Kyoto, Mike Austin, Mike Vernon? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> right? It's... I mean, Mike, Mikey Whiprack? Yeah. Well, that's a Mikey, though, so. Mikey, it's different, you know? Oh. So I'm sitting there like, hmm, this might actually work. Uh, so I'm running, I'm running with that. I'm running with that, all right? Oh, yeah. And, oh, and what are your, your actual thoughts on social social media right uh, right right now how it's kind of taken over everything and it's a necessity for everything right now whether you're a self uh self promoter podcaster indie wrestler uh a musician anything you need social social media to actually get anything out there right now and just that's a it's a great question and it's a deep question because Social media, like you said, is such a necessity where it's needed in all in all forms of entertainment, in all forms of really anything, even in, even in business, you need it. You need a. It's a form of advertisement. It's a form of you know, it's a it's a marketplace. I mean, the list the list really goes on with that. And it's so needed, but I love it, but I hate it. 
if that makes sense. And I'm sure that's oh, yeah. a general answer from a lot of people, probably including yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the, a bit, like, for example, Facebook for me is actually one of my favorite things because even though it's used the least, it's the one that is to me is the most personal. Like I, for now, I actually went from accepting everybody to now only accepting people I know because now I can make this more of a private place where Instagram and Twitter are so public. Now I can kind of turn around and say, okay, instead of making a private account everywhere, Facebook is my private place with my high school friends and my family and people I actually know um, can be on this page to communicate, you know, instead of every single fan. I used to accept every single fan. I still do. I have like 5,000. I'm going to start cleaning it out just to make it a little bit more of a personal um, so if I know you, you're staying on, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's just something that gives me an opportunity to, to, to stay connected with people I actually know where Instagram, it's good because you post a picture, you get, you know, the likes, you get the follows, you get the comments. It's good for your serotonin, you know, dopamine rather. It gives you that good dopamine rush and, and, and it creates, um, a constant push for you. You know what I'm saying? You're constantly putting yourself out there. You're constantly allowing yourself to be in the public light, which ultimately helps your, your success. Um, but however, Social media can also give people with no talents a lot of talent and give people who don't deserve a platform a platform. And that is it's just part of the circumstances. It would be bad. It would be unfair for me to turn around and say this person doesn't deserve that, but they're really good on social media, so they get it. Or this person doesn't deserve this sponsorship deal because they don't really look like that. They just use filters. It would be unfair because this is the era we're living in. This is the nature of the beast. And it just is what it is. You know, it's just, I like to look at um, social media and say, this is what I'm going to use it for. Um, it's funny too, because all my friends who don't live the life I live, they don't, you know, live in this entertainment, you know, landscape. They see some of the stuff I post and they get it. They get it, but they, you know, they give me a little rib. They give me a little laugh because it's like, oh, this is such a stupid thing. I was like, yeah, it's terrible, but I have no choice. I got to do it. I got to post like this. I got to take a picture of my shirt off. I got to do it. This is how I make money. Yeah. <laughs> Because you are, you're a good looking dude, you're in fantastic shape, you are a professional wrestler, you are an actor, and it's, some of the jobs you probably got are just because how you look. You're absolutely correct. Especially in movies, you know, especially in acting, you know, it's all about type. You could read a monologue, you could do a scene so well, and someone who looks more like the role that the director and the screenwriter envision is going to get that part over you. So it has a lot to do with that. Obviously, I'm in a typecast situation right now until you land a big gig and then they can start, you know, just making you whatever they want. Um, so that typecast situation for me, it does help. It oh, does yeah. help when you promote yourself in a certain way. And, and absolutely. I mean, when you submit to a to a role or if you submit to a, a, um, a promoter, one of the first things they're doing is looking at your social media. It has become a handle, like on a questionnaire, whenever you do these things. Um, your social media handle has become pretty much one of the, the, the standard bearers of what you gotta you got to post. So it just shows you how important that shit really is. Oh, yeah. Just like uh, myself doing a podcast. Um, and I've done ex- experiments with the show, posting at certain times, posting different stuff. Um, like, I've never used used Twitter before ever up until January 1st, right? I've, I've had, I've, I have had my account. I've been a Facebook, Instagram guy. I'm trying Twitter and I'm really enjoying Twitter because I can put out the positivity messages. I can put out the funny, my, my daily funny shit. And I went from 
I think, 18 to 20 followers to 200 in three weeks. Just like... Good for you. There you go. And it just... Trust me, my 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 Facebook numbers are and Instagram are a lot higher, but um, I'm just most active when it comes to numbers. Oh yeah, it's uh, consistency's key, right? It, it really is, and that's another thing too. I've spoken to a lot of wrestlers who get paranoid. They literally get anxiety because they know that if they don't post things or if they don't have content to post on Twitter and stuff like that, they know that it'll affect their buzz, which is another reason why I hate it because. At the end of the day, if someone's really, really talented, should how should the amount of times they tweet or if they tweet good content really matter? Should it really mean anything? Um, and unfortunately, in this world, it kind of does uh, because it's just wrestling specifically is a fickle business. It's all about the flavor of the month, who can get hot at what time. Yeah. Um, during this pandemic, while no one's really wrestling on a full time basis and no one's performing in front of fans um, to get that buzz, you yeah. tweet. <laughs> yeah, and you're a perfect, uh, perfect example of that because you are now on AEW Dark. You're on TV, YouTube, whatever. Uh, yeah, you're you're getting your face out there. You've had three or four matches. Your match with Ricky Starks, I loved it, man. It was a, yeah, it was a great match to uh, watch. And this is coming from a. Guy who's been watching wrestling since WrestleMania three. I'm dating myself a little bit there, but hey, it's it's how I got hooked, right? Uh, Hogan and Andre, the build up over months, and when the cross Andre ripped the cross off Hogan, I was all in at that moment. I'm like, you gotta kill him. I'm like, you got Jesus involved, Andre. Oh yeah, well exactly. And oh, I am from an an Italian heavy. Uh, City, yes. uh, Guelph yeah. on... I, I recall that. I do, oh, yeah. I do recall that. Our friends over at Powered4TV are giving listeners to this podcast an incredible 50% off your first month when you sign up to Powered4.TV and use the promo code Jonners. Powered4TV are one of the leading on-demand streaming services in the UK with tons of shows from over 20 wrestling promotions from around the UK and the US, including TNT Extreme, Chicagoland Championship Wrestling, DNA Pro Wrestling, Full Force Wrestling, Ignite Wrestling and so many more. There's also plenty more to enjoy, including an incredible archive of classic matches, life layers with William Eva, podcasts and so much more. Sign up to Powered 4 TV today and save 50% off your first month. Just use the promo code Jonners. Oh yeah, it's uh, if you're Italian around here, you kind of get along well with uh, everybody. So I believe that. I heard. I read actually a little off topic, but we'll go back to AEW. Yeah, shoot. I. Uh, I... My sister used to be a competitive dancer. Okay. Uh, when I was younger, we had to always kind of go through, and she's younger than me. But when we weren't, we weren't of age. Let's put it that way. Me and my brother, when we weren't of age, we had to go to uh, the competitions with her because my parents didn't trust us home. Um, so when we get to the little bit of an older age, 17, 18, kind of where they didn't want to keep us home because they knew we'd probably create chaos. Um, they would bring us, and these competitions were in Atlantic City, New Jersey, which is a party place to begin with. Yep. So we. Met um, a dance team, another obviously a group of girls who had to say what's up, who were from uh, Toronto, and they were all Italian. And I was I was so you know mind fucked at the time because I'm like, wait, 
you're Canadian, but you're Italian. And then I thought to myself, oh, that, that makes sense. You know, and then I found out that Toronto was such a mm-hmm. heavy uh, Italian area. Oh, yeah. Toronto, uh, Toronto, Guelph, Ontario, and London. Those are... That whole, that whole triangle. Yep. Of the yeah. Oh yeah, this, and I grew up in uh, grew up in my teenage years in Guelph, Ontario, and hung out at a pool hall named Tony's. <laughs> and well, that's not stereotypical. <laughs> oh, not at all. Just like um, and since I was part of the family, I was one of the few who could go upstairs at the off times, and oh, then. Boy. There was a very large gentleman standing by the door like this all night. Didn't move. It was and a social club. That's all. Yeah. It was a social club. Nothing more, nothing less. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the one day I was politely yet sternly asked to leave. And <laughs> I never got back because a buddy of mine stuck his neck out for me because I upset the wrong guy because uh, um, don't, don't, don't spill a drink on a, three, on a man wearing a $3,000 suit. Yep. No. Yeah. No. I I turned around, man. He ra- he walked walked into me. I've never apologized more 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 in my life. But it was uh an an interesting moment. And yes, I did pay for the gentleman's suit to get professionally cleaned because that's what you do. Good for you. Especially Even, I'm sure you were young at that time, so good for you. Oh yeah, it just uh, cuz those guys taught me how they taught me about respect. They taught me when when to say something and when to listen. There you go. And it sounds, just that sounds like a young Henry Hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And where did you actually come up with the Man of Steel name? So uh, it's an interesting thing because, like I mentioned before, you know, when I when I first was uh, getting trained and I was just about ready to debut, I I, I was trying to come up with a gimmick, a, a name. And no matter what, I like I told I told my trainers. So I was originally trained by Alex Reynolds and Tony Nice uh, in MYWC. I finished my training with the SAT, uh, Joel Maximo, and um, he, as my finishing coach, he pretty much um, helped me kind of come up with the name. And he came up with a bunch of things. He was saying Ethan Fox, Ethan Chase, and then I told him, No, what what is your fixation on Ethan? Um, and he said, No, you remind me of the Mission Impossible guy. So I was like, All right, no problem. I understand the comparison. But let's not use Ethan. I want to be Mike. He's like, all right, what about Mike Chase, Mike Fox? I'm like, what, where? how does this connect to me? I was like, I need if – if this is going to be me, and this is, comes back to the WWE thing and Kevin Owens, it's like at least Kevin Owens was attached to that name. He said it's my son's name, and it's uh, a dedication to Owen Hart. If I'm going to name myself something, I need to be attached to it. If it's not going to be my name, I want to be invested in the name. If I name myself, you know, Mike Rodriguez – I can't get attached to that because that's not my heritage. You know, I'm not a Latino man. I can't get behind, like, the culture. I won't be able to do it. You know, I won't be able to perform it well. If I, you know, if I, I can name anything, any heritage, any any uh, creed, anything. If it's not me, how am I going to invest to it? You know, it's not wrong with it, obviously, but how am I going to become that? Um, it's different in movies because you're given a role. I've played many people that are not Italian, and it's been different. But if this is a personal brand, and that's what wrestling is, Wrestling is a personal brand you go forward with. You need to be able that you can invest in it so you can make it successful. Um, so I couldn't think of what this name was. And then one day at training, I was uh, it was a really hot summer day. I was very sweaty. My hair was wet. And my hair kind of created that little curl in front. And I was wearing a Superman tank top. And then Joel turned to me and he said, how about Superman? And I said, what? Superman Mike Vern? I was like, mm, that doesn't really make sense. And then I got home and I said, 
and a steal. Damn. I can roll with that. And then now, eight years later, it has stuck. And it has never really changed, which has been interesting, you know? Because it does... It fits you very well. And your gear looks awesome. I love the red, the red, white, and blue because U.S. guy, New York, New York guy. And I love that you have the cape. It's a little... It can be a little little over the top, and I know some people probably don't like yes. it, but... I'm not a fan of it, but... <laughs> oh, no, it is very different, it's unique, and it's you. Because how... The only other wrestler I can think wearing a cape right now is Dan... Dan... Dan Housen? I think I think that's it. Hurricane, if you could count the Royal Rumble two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> that's about it. You know, it... <laughs> It's funny, I'll let you in on a, and I haven't spoke to anybody about this in any podcast. You oh, know, actually, please. The first, the Thank first you. to take it. I've been talking to uh, somebody who is a very prominent name in wrestling, and um, he he is very controversial, he's very polarizing, let's put it that way, um, and that's Enzo, Enzo Amore. Yep. He's a good one, and he, he doesn't get all credit that he deserves. He is so smart with the business, he really is, and his technical wrestling ability and his storytelling ability in the ring, again, so undercredited. Like, he, he can literally tell a story by just doing a headlock. And people never got a chance to see that. Um, you know, it's a shame. But we spoke about the gimmick. He watched a couple of the Dark matches and he shot me a text and he said, you know, take this. He's like, I like that it's over the top. because I was over the top. He's like, everything I did was over the top. He's like, Turn around and make it even more over the top. Let these people know. Say, like, you know, ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to be a superhero. And now, guess what? I get to play one on TV. So, obviously, you know, you're going to have the cape. You're going to have the, the swagger. You're going to have the, you know, the, the confidence. It works. It fits that. And I hope that, you know, in the near future with AEW, I had the opportunity to kind of expand it more. Because, the, the, believe it or not, I've gotten more positive feedback on the cape and the whole gimmick and everything than negative. I really haven't gotten any negative oh. feedback, thank God, because, you know, wrestlers are the hardest critics of themselves. Yep. But, uh, you know, there's been a lot of positive feedback, and I want to I want to peel the onion back more. I want the fan base, and I want the even AEW itself, I want them to see that there is more to what meets the eye. Uh, but the best thing, and you kind of said it, you already said it, was, you know, my character, my gimmick, one of the things that really made me stick with it. Uh, because I've always had ideas. I've always had different things. Okay, how can I change this a bit? How can I go a different route? I've had a bunch of ideas. But what has made me stay true to this character is, is the number one thing fans tell me is as soon as the, my, my indie music hits, um, which was different when you saw, you saw it, so you might not even remember what it sounds like now or know oh. what it sounds like now. I I know I know what it what what it is. I've been watching you on YouTube for years. Awesome. It's it's Beautiful. it's Beautiful. it's it's, it's weird to say because I don't want to sound stalkerish, but I love watching you watching you wrestle. So thank yeah, thank you, and that's what I mean. There's nothing wrong with that at all. That means you're a fan. You're yeah. a real fan, and that's what I asked for. I, I asked for that, you know. Um, but then you would know. So when the the opening chords hit of that Superman metal thing. And I remember a fan had told me, actually, at Northeast Wrestling, he said, it was my first time coming to a show. I didn't really know what I was going to expect. And then I heard these Superman chords open. I was like, oh, what the hell is this? And then I looked at the crowd, and then when you came out, with the chest plate and the black hair and the muscles, he's like, he's like, wow, I get it. And that is what I asked for. 
That is what I ask for the character. Before anyone judges the character, which everyone's obviously open to their opinion. They can do whatever they want. But just know that what I'm trying to present is what it's supposed to be. And if you like it or hate it, that's your choice. But it's true, you know? Well, and I'm just going to show you a little, little something. Sorry, guys, for the audio if it gets a little jumpy for a sec. As you can see, the backdrop. Uh, got, I got a couple soups in there. There they are. There they are. There's a DC universe down there. Oh, yeah. I got... Hey, people think it's just totally random. DC on on the bottom, under a glass. Marvel up top. Transformers in the uh, middle. And... Paused out for one sec. Oh god, I touched it. Uh, there we go. You back? Oh, you break it up a little bit. Yep. All right, back. Yeah. There, there we go. go. See that? That's why I don't touch shit. <laughs> <laughs> See, I and as a podcaster, I hate asking the the five wrestler questions you probably get asked over, over, over and over again. Let me guess. Let me guess. Yep. What's the match? Um, where did you train? Where, where did you get trained? That's one. Uh, what made you want to be a wrestler? Who did you idolize as a kid? That's four. And uh, this is an interesting one, but it might not be what you're thinking of. No. A lot of people ask, they tend to say, Okay, I'm going to give you a stipulation. I'm going to give you an opponent. And oh, I'm yeah. going to give you an offense. Tell me what it is. Uh, God, <laughs> I, okay, let me think. Off the top of my head. Yeah, SummerSlam against uh, The Rock uh, for, for a million dollars. How's that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> because everybody has their podcasting style. And that's why I do the research. Because I don't want to ask the same five questions that I can just go and ask, listen to somebody else's show. Because if I'm like, sure. and when I first start started out i was a 10 question guy and then eventually i turned into a a conversationalist podcast where just go with the flow natural and some some people like to stick to a script they don't want to give any personal info out which is great fine i can make a show out of out of anything um i'm gonna put up my 150 episode later 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 today like i have Jeez. yeah i i've i've been doing this well a little while um and then everybody else gets a fucking podcast during the pandemic <laughs> um yeah uh let's see how how many of those guys drop off though after so but if you guys need any help or 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 another set of ears ears or any recommendations email me message me whatever oh. Yeah, because, and the one question I do want to ask about the wrestling style you do, where did the huge KO punch come from? I'm not sure what it's called, if it's a Superman punch, because that's Roman Reigns thing, but... Yeah, yeah, so, yes, so, um, love that you brought that up, I really do, because it's something that I've kind of always used, but haven't had a chance to get it over, up until recently, and it's coming. Let's see if I can beat it. All right. Good. We're good. All right. Sorry, viewers. Let's I, I had a season. I had to stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been using that that punch um, in my comeback exclusively. I used to do it basically, put it breaking the fourth wall. If you're working a basic match, two bumps, beat a corner, I'm coming in with the Superman punch. 
I never was able to kind of get it right. What I used to do back in the day, I used to jump, and it used to look like a forearm, or just a forearm splash. Then I used to kind of just run it straight. And then I started adding the, I'm not going to say what it is, but the, <laughs> and that is when it started making people go, whoa, holy shit. And that's when I said, okay, now I want to use this as more than just a transitional spot. Let me see if I can use this as a faulty or a finish. And I get it. A mix of both. So this punch at times, it's hard to hit on the run. And it's on for me at least, because I, I do it with sound. If you see Orange Cassidy do it, or if you see Roman Reigns do it, theirs look beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. But it doesn't have that sound. It almost doesn't look you know, I want it to look like I just knocked this guy out. So I almost want it to look more sloppy rather than graceful. So out of the corner is easy. I can hit that shit ten out of ten times. And it always gets a pop, but it's hard to kind of segue into like a roll-up or, or a cover. Um, I like to do it off the rebound, too, where it's like, let's say I eat a super kick, I bounce off the ropes, there's the big punch right there, cover one, two, kick, something like that. But um, So the punch, I've been using for such a long time, but it was up until like, I'd say two years ago, maybe in the Indies, where I started adding the sound to it, and it just started really, really getting over. And every single person at AEW, loves that punch. Billy Gunn loves the punch. Taz puts the punch over a lot, which I know Taz doesn't always put me over. So <laughs> when he does, he does put the punch over. So I do enjoy that. Um, and uh, a friend of mine, Tony Mamaluke from the FBI, I mean, he, he, yeah, he, every time he sees a dark match of mine, whether it's small, I mean, whether it's short, whether it's long, whether it's, you know, I get pinned or I don't get pinned, whatever it may be. He always texts me, critiques my match. And he always says that punch has got to be, it's got to be there. He's like, it's got to be there every match. He goes, if you have a five, if you have five moves of doom, that's got to be number one or two on those five moves of doom. And that's good because I think about it, I'm like, it's just a punch. You know, it's just a running punch. And it just shows you now, like, the way wrestling is, is that people focus more on being able to hit a 720 splash rather than just laying in something that looks really crisp. So that's my style. That is my style. I really, I emulate guys like Malenko, um, Benoit, Angle, uh, you know, Eddie Guerrero to an extent. Those are probably the guys, those four guys, uh, from an in-ring standpoint, that's who I'm watching. That's who I'm trying to study. Malenko, he was able to do all the Lucha stuff. Obviously, Eddie as well. Angle was a technical, obviously, Olympian. I am not, but he had that technical ability. And Benoit, I can't even speak, you know, Benoit is Benoit. He's in the ring. No one can tell you that he's bad. Outside the ring, let's let's not not go there. You guys want want that story? Go check out Dark Side of the Ring. They did it amazingly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But in the ring, I mean, no one can say that he wasn't one of the best. And if you look at all four of those guys, they all have one thing in common: size. Yeah. Not much up here, but they had a lot over here, and that's me. Oh, I am yeah. about five eleven with my boots on. I maybe touch six foot. Yeah. Um, I'm a muscular guy. I'm wide. Uh, those are the guys I got to watch. I can't watch Kane. I can't watch the big show. I can't even watch guys like the rock sometimes. Cause he's six, five, yeah. you know? So it's like, I want to look at the guys that are like me and I want to be able to see what I can get out of them. And, and that's great. And Jerry Lynn's another one. Jerry oh, Lynn. Yeah. I mean, he didn't, he didn't get the national platform like angle and Benoit and all them did, but damn, was he one of the best. And it's going, I'm glad that he's at AEW right now too, because whenever I'm there, I have the opportunity to pick his brain. Oh, and why wouldn't you? He's Jerry Lynn. He's anyone who knows Jerry Lynn and his wrestling is, you know, he's a he's the guy. 
you got to ask him a question at at least when you're there. It's one of those, oh my God, he is, I think he is probably the biggest name who didn't get a proper shot. He didn't. You're 100% right. You're 100% right. Because... And he's probably, I think, he's probably one of the best cruiserweights of all time without, like you said, without really getting that run. Yeah. It's just one of those things. I don't know if it was just bad timing or just the timing he was wrestling or where he was. I have no idea. I'm not in the uh, business. But I think if he would have got a WWE run, he would have done, you would have given that guy an, an inch, he would have made it a mile, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, that, that's another thing, too. And right now, my, my situation at Dark um, is very similar. Jerry Lynn always made people look very good. You know, and, and the good thing about Dark is the, the unsigned guys, obviously, it's not it's not squash matches all the time. Obviously, sometimes you have to do what you have to do. Yeah. Uh, but they're matches for the most part. And, you know, the key is, is that you want to look as best as you can while you're trying to get a job, um, as well as making them. Like the side guys look as good as they could possibly be. And I think Jerry was so good at that, even though he was contracted at TNA and WWE briefly, all that stuff. But, you know, he always made guys look good. And, and that's something I'm trying to do as well. It's like, look, if I'm going to lose, if, I, if, I, if I'm going to lose, I'm going to make us both look as good as possible. I'm going to try to make us look as, as strong and as you know, make everything sell as good as possible. And that's the beauty of the work. That's the beauty of the art. Oh, yeah. And wrestling is... And art form, it truly is. Like, yeah. and we didn't even touch on the uh, the acting thing at all, but uh, because you're a man of many hats. Um. <laughs> well, to put it to put it short for you, yep. The reason why I'm an actor is is it's through wrestling. It's solely through wrestling. I had no theater experience as a kid. I was a baseball player all my life, basically. Um, I did no shows. I did one one student made show. Uh, two of them, actually, junior year and senior year of high school, because it was a competition between the grades. Um, and there was a lot, a lot of girls involved. So obviously I was like, yeah, let's do this. Um, so that was my, that's as far as my acting experience went. Um, I never took a class. I never did any kind of professional plays in school, anything. Um, I was working in Evolve show in Brooklyn. Uh, and talent agent was there. He was there recruiting guys from New York who had a pretty face and a good body. Next thing you know, not not to sound totally narcissistic, but that was what they were looking for. Um, yeah. I got an email the next day, and I, I thought it was maybe just a weird fan just kind of spewing shit at me. Did some research, found out that fellow AEW superstar Anthony Bones was also uh, represented by this talent talent ma- uh, agent. Looked into it, spoke to him. He said, "Hey, you got a great look for you know modeling, TV, commercial, anything you're interested in doing." I said, "Absolutely, let's give it a shot." Um, linked up with him, started taking some classes, and the next thing you know, I actually found a passion in it. I actually really, really enjoy it. Um, and it's funny, I tell people all the time, I'm like, I can memorize a 30-minute match, but I can't memorize two pages of script sometimes. Uh, <laughs> don't ask me how. It's like, somehow, like, you can find the, the pictures in your mind of life. Okay, but when I, it comes to lines, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Where I think wrestling is a lot of muscle memory, right? Reflex. Yeah, it's a lot of reflex. Yeah, it's like I, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy who's only taken one bump in his life in a training class, and I knocked myself out. Um, legit, I did. I, yeah, nineteen. I threw myself back too hard. My first bump landed right here. Yeah, 
Listen, you oh, know, yeah. I'm happy you said that because a lot of people listening may turn around and say, oh, you know what they do? They do it every night. It's all good. No, 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 no. <laughs> Ouch. No. No, like, like I said earlier in this podcast, every day my neck's a little tight, my back's always tight. It is what it is. Oh, yeah. It's what we signed up for. Oh, yeah. And you knew what it was going in. There aren't... How many books, movies, stories are there about wrestling wrestlers in their fifties, sixties? Like, uh, what was the one one I just watched? I, no, I just watched uh, three hundred and fifty days. I haven't seen that yet. And I'm oh, hesitant. dude, I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant. I'm very hesitant. Yeah, as a wrestler, um, yeah, prepare to cry, and it just yeah. one of those. And I'm. I can be an 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 emotional guy, but ever, ever since I hit thirty five, I now cry. I don't know why it is. Just it's reverse puberty. Yeah, just like weird, random. I'm just watching a commercial and it's like, oh my god, it's the father and son, and I'm just yeah. Uh, maybe becoming more. Yeah, just maybe more involved in my children's lives because when I was a bartender, restaurant guy. I was working 12 hours a day, 60, like anywhere from 40 to 70 hours a week. And when I switched jobs, I be- I became a better dad. I truly did. And I got to know my kids and they're kind of cool. They piss me off sometimes, but they are kind of a kind of kind of a cool. Like I'm a very lucky man. I got four kids. They're all straight A students. They're all good kids. How the hell that happened for me, I don't know. I blame my lovely wife. But now they're all creative, interesting, interesting people. And I'm like, that's weird. Sorry. Once again, I get talking about my kids and emotions. That's beautiful. That's what it's all about. Yeah, man. Hey, it is. Hey, (laughs) I'm not crying yet. But anyway, uh. Hey, let's get to the 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 Gilmy Talks uh, ten. All right, let's hear it. All right, all right. Uh, yeah. Number one, uh, reading or movies? Movies. Salty or sweet? Sweet. Hero or villain? Hero. <laughs> hey, poker or chess? Poker. Uh, I just love air poker. Just reading, reading, just reading people. Yeah, so much I feel fun. Like poker, poker, I feel like could be a uh, a training um, exercise for FBI agents. Oh yeah, because um, well, that was also one of the reasons I got kicked out of Tony's. I may have lost twelve hundred dollars on one hand, but well, oh, I got I may have got a little angry at that moment. Uh, vampire or werewolf? Werewolf. Werewolf has certainly been always my favorite. I don't know what it was. I just like werewolves. I think with the werewolf, the thing is, it's the the tran- the transformation. You can be a regular dude, and then there's a full moon. You're you get to release the monster. Yeah, and I always remember, like as kids when I was growing up, I always liked horror movies. I still do I love horror movies. Oh yeah. Just the the visual sometimes of uh, the visual sometimes of a uh, of um, a werewolf is so much better. Yeah, like um. And American Werewolf in London. That transformation scene is still oh, yeah, one of the... Man. It still holds up. And I think that came out in like 82. Tell me about it. Hell yeah. And it's better than most of the CGI stuff they're, that they're doing now. Uh, I'm a huge fan of practical effects over over CGI. But 
Totally. Oh. Uh, you know what's funny too? I was watching Hannibal last night. Not to go too off topic. Hannibal, oh, yeah. Hannibal remember? Yeah. Yep. They were. I was so. I used to be petrified of Mason Verger, his face. Yep. How disfigured it was. So All I right. looked into how they made it. I, and I was watching a YouTube video at two o'clock in the morning, just literally looking at it. And they hit exactly what you just said. It was about the realism. They they didn't want it to look too CGI or too fake. They wanted to make it look really real. And I thought that made it ten times terif- more terrifying. Oh yeah, uh, I'm actually reading Red uh, Red Dragon right now again. Right. Yeah, the movie Red Dragon. Oh I yeah, didn't read the book, but the movie was good. Uh, my wife normally falls asleep two hours before I do. I, if I turn the TV on, she'll wake up. So gotta read. Yep, and if I the the phone light bothers her, so I just put it down and just read. That's it. There you go. Yep. All right. A uh, hot sunny day or perfect winter day. We had a perfect winter day yesterday here. I'm sure you guys got hit with it, too. We had about a foot and a half of snow. It's nice, but it's a pain. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, would have to go, I would have to go with the hot summer day because a hot summer day in New York is nice. Very beautiful. Oh, yeah. And New York is – you don't picture New York with snow. I don't know why that is. Does it, does it get a lot or – You know what's interesting? When I think of Canada in general, you know, I don't visually – I can't visualize it with like a sunny beach. Oh yeah, I know there's one. Yeah, do you guys have beaches? Yeah, uh, yeah we okay. have. We. Um, I'm. I. I. I live in London, Ontario, between two Great Lakes. Both of them are about an hour drive most. Okay. So. Oh yeah. So you gotta, you gotta, yeah. I, so during the summer, it's got to be beautiful too. You got probably the great mountains in the background, nice landscape. Oh yeah. We got. We got buildings, but it's nice. <laughs> oh, it's just the the landscapes uh, different. You have the urban urban jungle. I have an actual forest. There you go. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. And also, put me in New York City. I will probably be petrified for the first six hours and just be like, I don't know what's going on. I. Well, I'll tell you right now, quarantine New York City is a ghost town. So if you come here, you'll get you'll get a chance to see everything without any of the, the chaos. Oh. but. I want to see the chaos. That's just why. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what New York is. I don't blame you. Yep. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Superman or Spider-Man? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> next. <laughs> yeah, next. All right. Uh, PlayStation or, or Xbox? Okay, so here's a very interesting one. Ever since the pandemic, I've been a full-time gamer once again. I took, obviously, a long hiatus because being on the road all the time, you Mm -hmm. have no chance to sit down and kind of just video game. Um, But during the pandemic lockdown, obviously, we couldn't do a damn thing. No gym, no nothing. So I turned on the old Xbox. I became obsessed with Warzone. Still am. Play it all the time. Play it every day. Probably will play it after I hang up with this call with you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I had just recently cheated on the xbox and got the ps5 i didn't open it yet because i'm in the middle of a move so once i move to the new place and i set up my whole stuff obviously that's when i'll uh get the ps5 ready to go but um if i like the ps5 better i'm gonna have to stick with playstation but for most of my years i've always been an xbox guy yeah i uh, i got four wonderful children so i have pretty much everything i got playstation xbox handhelds uh my my personal favorite i love the nintendo wii and i love just, the original too because i yeah. was a big fan of like mario donkey kong all that stuff yeah like uh the switch i'm i'm not a huge uh a huge fan of because i like the wii you actually use your body and you move around and play the sports games and 
and tennis and uh, lightsaber battles and because I'm a giant nerd. <laughs> oh yeah, that's gotta be an awesome thing. Actually, I never thought about that. The Wii Star Wars games probably do have yep. that. Oh yeah, real real deal and ha- uh, immersive uh, lightsaber matches. Yep, it was. I think it was just kind of a a ahead of its time. Yeah, it agreed. Yeah, we agreed. if they were to release that system instead of the Switch system, I think it would be. Uh, I think it would do a lot better. Yeah, the graphics would be updated and all that stuff, but the actual gameplay is amazing on that on that system. I, I agree. I, yeah. I wonder if they're able to make a. Uh, I wonder if a Wii. They have, did they come up with a Wii too? Uh, no, they had the Wii U, which was total garbage. But yeah, yeah. yeah so if they come out with the, like a Wii too, like an actual yeah. secondary Wii with a little bit more of the immersive experience with mm-hmm. it, little goggles on there, maybe two things on your hands. I think you'll get shit going because I oh, think yeah. that has the opportunity to really be like a real virtual reality thing without actually being VR. You know? Hmm. Yeah. Couch or recliner? Recliner for sure. Uh, I love. Uh, I sleep by my recliner. I do, but then I wake up like this the uh, with, with the next day, and it's like, oh, fuck. Ah. You know, like, I thought it would be the same thing, but for some reason, the way the recliner is, like it's, you know, the arch, mm-hmm. it, it's so much better for my body. I don't know what it is. I mean, probably not in reality, but when I wake up, I feel more refreshed off a recliner than oh, on yeah. bed sometimes. Oh, yeah. But also, you're, you're a professional athlete, and how often do you fully lie down ever? Well, if you talk about my job, I get lie. I'm lying down on my back a lot, get slammed. But, <laughs> but uh, no, you're right. You're right. You're always kind of like active and about. So it's, yeah. I guess you're right about that. And everybody knows what number number ten is. Who's who's listening? Because this is number ten for every single one. Toilet paper over or under? Toilet paper's over. Oh wait, wait, wait. Oh wait, wait, wait. What are we talking about here? Are we talking about how we wipe them? Wipe no, no. Uh, when it when it just hanging there, man. This is 150 episodes in. You're the first one, man. I'm proud of myself. Oh yeah. Yep. Anyway, man, thank you very, very much for for coming on and uh, doing this. And if people want to follow you on the on 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 the uh, show shows, where can they uh, find you? Uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Like you said, your conversational podcast, and that's exactly what this was. I had a blast. Um, time flew by. I think we're going on what almost an hour and a half now. We yep. had a great time, and that's good. And that's good because whenever I do a podcast, you know, I never want to look at the time. And no. when I look at a time towards the end, I said, wow, we went that long. That's a good sign for you. So thank you for reaching out. Uh, thank it's you. It's been too long. I hope I can come back to the London area, work for a smash, work for anything, anything but hardcore road trip. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely get to see you in person again. Uh, the new you. Oh, yeah. The new skin you, you know, ready yep. to go. Hey, man, um, look, look, look. I actually hey, have, I got a little, go. there, there we go. go. A little, oh, a little, oh, a little oh, guy, oh, little guy. Yep. Keep it little up, guy. Man. Be a body guy. Oh. Hey man, uh, but thank you. But, yeah, I do. Uh, I know. I thank you for having me. Thank you for reaching out. I'm always. I'm always around. You can always reach out again. Maybe we do this again in the future. But to answer your question, you can follow me at Man of Steel MV on all some social medias. Like I mentioned before, I do have Facebook, but I am in the cleansing process because I have that five thousand friend limit. And uh, if I can accept you, great. If not, please don't take it personal. It just they have a limit. They have a limit. Yep. Um, but again, thank you for having me and. 
for everyone listening, please keep supporting wrestling, support AEW, support independent wrestling, because that is the future of the business. Um, and please be safe, be healthy, and I hope we can all see each other again soon. Hey guys, I told you that was a fantastic in- interview with Mike Varna from AEW Dark. That was really, really cool that he took the time out to do do the show. And it, I had a great chat chat with him. It was a great time uh, talk, talking about everything from HRT to social media to, well, you guys, you guys just uh, heard it. A uh, couple things I just want to mention. I ha- now have merch. Here it is, guys. I know some of you have been asking for this for a long time, but it's gilme-talks.launchcart.store. Go check out that out. There's Zombie Gilme. There's OIW podcast stickers. There's hoodies. There's t-shirts. There's a coffee mug. Um, and anything you want to see with my logo on it, if you guys want it, I will... Try try to make it make it happen for you, cause really loving this launch cart site, because it's simple, easy to use, and as you guys know, I'm not the most most techie guy, and I I can I can figure it out. And I just want to say thank you for listening. You guys go have a wonderful day, and I will talk to you later. Bye, guys.